1: And together they are Oh my god, don't read it out loud Don't read it out loud Gay of Dark Well, we are back Obviously
0: Well, not obviously It could be a dying hallucination Oh But we
1: are back Yeah, it's a non-horror Horror-adjacent week, month.
0: Spectacular.
1: Spectravaganza. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, no, that doesn't work. Listen, I do have to say right off the bat, this is probably the best place to talk about the future of the show. (gasps) I have been getting some emails lately. And I have to say, I think my ship has come in And so, honestly, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be doing this show. Because, honestly, like, we've just been waiting for our ships to come in, and then it's like, we're going to fuck off, right?
0: Oh, yeah, just standing in the harbor, doing semaphore, waiting for anyone to answer.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I've I've been getting these emails. And, thank goodness, I go through my spam filter once in a while.
0: Yeah, yeah. You never know what could be in there. They just get sent there randomly, right?
1: It's usually spam, but I've had, a, I've found a lot of uh, emails that Gaylord's listeners have sent us. Oh! Some, some, to sometimes they go to spam for who knows what reason. The computer gets overprotective.
0: yeah, yeah. Kind of aggressive sometimes.
1: Yeah. So anyway, I've gotten these emails repeatedly, so they must really want to hear from me.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: So if I can read this to you
0: oh we're, we're a dramatic it is beat. my
1: private business but i am willing to let people well if i'm gonna be leaving the show I, people should know why right that's really
0: giving of you because you really don't have to offer that so i think that's you... right
1: i could just you could be <laughs> like i don't know where she is she left
0: she literally just left and never answered an email ever again
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so okay here's the email okay hello Do you want to join the Great Illuminati Brotherhood to become rich, famous, and protected in life? Join us today and kick out your financial problems. If you wish to become a member of the Illuminati, contact us now. And you say, Stacey, this one to your spam. It's obviously spam. Well, then why do they? The email address, excuse me, is from supremehighpriest at <laughs> gmail.com. So I think <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is authentic. Yeah. And the Illuminati wants me to join. I never thought this day would come, but my, the day has come. So I think I'm gonna do it. I think I'm gonna join the Illuminati. You know, Stacey, it's
0: it's been a great run. And, and
1: well, let's not go crazy. It's it's been a moderately.
0: It's been a run. It's been a run, and while I am sad to see you go, I want you to chase your dreams.
1: And really, I will be with. Well, first of all, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, but if you think about it. I will be, it'll be even better because I'll be pulling all the strings. You know what I mean?
0: It's like you might as well actually be here next to me all the time anyway. Because That's you'll right. be making all the decisions that affect my well-being.
1: Exactly. You know, Before, people had to settle for one episode of the show a week. Maybe if they read Rumorg or something, you know, they might get a tidbit here and there. I'm telling you, though, when I'm in the Illuminati... I will be everywhere at once and also nowhere. You'll maybe CO. Some-
0: Yo.
1: <laughs> maybe someday you'll go to pull a dollar bill out of your wallet and the eyeball on top of the pyramid will be replaced with a little briefcase woman. <laughs>
0: It's just waving at the top of the pyramid. <laughs>
1: yeah, you'll say, there she is. There's Stacey. Oh, that's beautiful.
0: So. Beyonce will do a weird pyramid symbol with her fingers. Exactly. And I'll think, there's Stacy. She choreographed that's that.
1: Stacey. That's right. I like, so. too, that, you know,
0: you would think, like, well, like, my immediate thought was, well, if it was from the Illuminati, then it would be at, like, at Illuminati.gov or org. Right. Or .ca. But. Actually, because they exist in secret, you know, in the, even though they're, you know, they're, they, they, even though their name means, you know, something about light or whatever, (laughs) they exist in shadow, as it were. So I would, it's more appropriate that it's actually kind of, they use the masking of the Gmail address.
1: Yeah, until I'm a member, they're not going to tell me all the inner workings and like (laughs) what the website URL is. You know, yeah, I don't yeah. get to the know log that. In. the login, except like when I'm choosing my screen name, that's when I'll get to know. But using that <laughs> you know, that email address, it lets me know that it's legitimate. Because it's not it like does. you know, nobody would just put that for no reason. So I
0: I'm so happy for you.
1: Thank you. Oh, that's
0: incredible.
1: Yeah. So i don't know Uh, i mean i guess we can do this week's episode because you know we're here we could we might as well we could but i'm just saying you never know when the last episode will happen because i could just have to go and i can't tell anybody where i'm going
0: because when the illuminati calls it's not like it's not like you're gonna think about it exactly you just have to you get in the chopper and you go off to the (laughs) fortress of solitude or wherever (laughs) they're at that's
1: right uh, I won't be talking about horror movies On the air once I'm in the super super secret society So No I'm not going to talk about a horror movie today actually Am I? No
0: No because this is as you said Non-horror horror adjacent week month Spectacular travaganza
1: <laughs> That's right So uh, today we're talking about a fucking documentary <laughs> Which is wild right? never never thought we would talk about a non-horror documentary on this show but here we are like even
0: i i don't even see us doing it on a gayster piece i mean well depending on the documentary but but baby oh baby is today's ever so fitting
1: yeah it is i've been jonesing to watch this movie uh again and so again i just shoehorned it into our schedule And I've wanted Anthony to see this movie forever.
0: You've been talking about it forever.
1: Yeah. So finally, (laughs) we're talking about 1970. 1970, that is over 50 years ago. Don't ever say that ever again. (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) Gimme Shelter. Yeah. Documentary about, well, that's a good question because it's not uh i mean it's it's following the rolling stones at the very end of their tour in 1969 and then the free show that happens at altamont speedway um but when you look at this as a documentary it's kind of hard to say what it's about because it's not we get glimpses of the stones performing at madison square garden We get glimpses of the Stones recording at Muscle Shoals in Alabama, and then it moves to Altamont. And so it's like, but what is this about? There's no talking heads. They don't tell you who half of the people, like anybody really in this, except for the Rolling Stones, they don't tell you who anybody in this movie is. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's a really strange kind of document. Mm -hmm. But it's a fucking horror movie, man. (laughs)
0: Absolutely absolutely it is a slow burn uh horror masterpiece
1: <laughs> oh good
0: i love i i'm gonna tell you stacy so i sat down and put this on and i like the stone Oh, well, i like the early stone like this arrow stones and so I, I sat down, and I was like, oh, okay, this, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, music, what, is this just a concert documentary? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I know Stacy told me about it and why it qualifies it, but I was like, is this, did Stacy just want to listen to the Rolling Stones, and that's why I'm watching this movie? And then about halfway through, there's a very felt flip. Yeah. And uh, what did we do last? Oh, Parasite. Parasite. <laughs> I mean, Parasite and Martha Marcy May Marlene, as our other non horror horror adjacent week month spectro spectre, vision films, have nothing on this movie in terms <laughs> of the sheer distress and terror.
1: I mean, I've seen this before several times. I know what's going to happen and all of this. And still, watching it last night for the show, this movie makes me so fucking uncomfortable. Like, it is just more than the vast majority of horror movies you're going to see. This movie is the feeling of menace. Yeah. It is so intense and uncomfortable and just palpable tension. It's unreal.
0: I was sitting there, like... I mean, you know, I, 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 I was sitting upright for the first half, eh, first half, three, first two, two, well, fourth, I don't know, first third, I was sitting up upright, you know, taking my notes like a good viewer, <laughs> <laughs> and then as it went on, but and by the time it really, when we get to Altamont, because I mean that's where it really happens. Mm-hmm. We get to Altamont, they start setting up, the crowd starts showing up, you start seeing how high everybody is. And then I just started sinking lower and lower and lower into the couch until by three fourths of the way through, I had gone full fetal position, I had my blanket up to my face, (laughs) (laughs) and I was just, like, staring at the television in horror. (laughs) Yeah it was one of the most unnerving experiences i've had watching any media
1: i the first time i saw it i like i kind of knew what happened at altamont but the first time watching this i did not expect to come out of it like the way you just described i had no idea so if you have not seen give me shelter because you say a documentary about the rolling stones who cares <laughs> please go watch give me shelter yeah uh it's an incre- i mean it's an incredible piece of cinema
0: oh yeah well it's the mazel's brothers mm-hmm. who did gray gardens and also charlotte the uh, zerwin also directed this alongside the three of them uh so i mean masterful filmmakers at the helm too it's And it's vastly available on HBO Max, or I'm sure it's easily rented as well. So definitely check it out uh, and, and experience the sense of unlivable, unknowable, unendable uh, horror <laughs> for yourself. I think we'll talk about it.
1: And to anybody who has seen it or will go and watch it uh, and come back or whatever... If you were into this movie, I recommend so, so, so highly, Uh, there's a book called Altamont by a writer named Joel Selvin, because this movie barely touches on that day. As as fucked up as this movie is, it barely touches on the day at
0: all. Well, because you only get the camera's perspective from wherever the camera people are at. And you only get all of that filtered through the editing.
1: Which there is a lot of editing in this movie. things there are some things that are out of order, like chronologically. Yeah. Um, bands played and shit happened that don't that are not in the movie at all. because this isn't about the that's the thing is this movie isn't about the festival it was following the rolling stones it's not a document of the full day and everything that happened but the book is fucking incredible and it lays out how this all happened why it was going to be a disaster from the get-go what was the music scene like what happened that day in huge amounts of detail what happened afterwards all of this so I do super highly recommend that book
0: yeah yeah yeah. And I mean they they touch on it in the beginning of this movie. They say there were four births, four deaths, and a hell of a lot of scuffles. but like we don't see the births we 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 actually do see one of the deaths, uh which is un- vastly unnerving, and there's a I mean we do see a hell of a lot of scuffles, but otherwise like like you said, they don't tell you who these people are you I mean you reckon you're like, oh it's gray slick, <laughs> but otherwise it's like who what is happening what, what oh, okay, now there's the Hells Angels. Oh, now there's a ton of people fighting. But it's almost like you're experiencing it from the Rolling Stones' perspective because the cameras are up on the stage with them. And it's just Mick Jagger, you know, doing his chicken dance around the stage. He's <laughs> such a nerd, right? And then uh, he's doing his little clowny chicken dance. And then he'll stop and realize, like, everyone's beating the shit out of each other. Pool cubes. And they're just as clueless about what's happening as... I mean, as the people in the crowd, as the filmmaker, like, it's it's just, it's, you know something is happening. And I think that just makes it extra unnerving, is that there's a, there's information, we are degrees of information removed as you're in the thick of it, also.
1: Yeah, it's just, you're just thrown into it.
0: Yeah, literally.
1: Literally, and you have, it's all so in your face, and I mean... First, the births apparently have never had, there's no verification that there were any births in terms of, like, no women showed up at any hospitals right afterwards, like, to oh, okay. postnatal care. So we don't know if that's a myth or not. I guess there's that
0: one guy, right, that says, oh, my, someone just gave birth or something. Yeah.
1: But, but that, no one like went one... to, but like nobody went to the medical tent. Nobody, you know what I mean? So, so
0: well, they were all on acid. <laughs> they were
1: all fucked up. Yeah. Oh God. Think of all the,
0: the acid babies that were just slung out by a makeshift doula. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh my God. Yeah.
1: The other deaths, one of them happened before the show even started when it was still getting set up. Some young kid uh, jumped in the canal. He was all strung out on something they assume. Yeah, and drowned. Right, and drowned. Yeah, and then after the show, uh, oh my god, these people were driving home and they stopped because like the traffic and all of this. So they got out and they were sitting around a campfire, and a car driven by somebody who was all fucking gorked out on something came up over the crest and landed on them, and two (gasps) people died. Yeah.
0: Oh,
1: it's hard to describe what a mess this day was and it's just like so symbolic of the time and just like the end of the peace love era (laughs) you know what I mean because it just really like the cracks had already started to show obviously Mm -hmm. but this is just kind of like yeah that's done like I mean Woodstock itself like the narrative of Woodstock was a myth anyway right
0: Absolutely. And that was four months four like four and a half months before this happened, right?
1: Yeah. It's but it's like, oh Woodstock was so peaceful and it was a beautiful free concert and all and it's like it wasn't meant to be a free concert. <laughs> you know, it was mm-hmm. like they sold almost two hundred thousand tickets and then two hundred thousand other people showed up and broke down the fences and were like, We're coming into the show and they burned down concession stands and you know like there was violence and there was all this kind of stuff but the narrative that escapes and like the movie and all of this was like oh woodstock was amazing like just peace and love man
0: yeah yeah the the mythologization of it that happens regardless of the naked hippies in the mud
1: yeah (laughs) yeah so altamont was like always the kind of dark twin of it you know well
0: what i loved is leading up to this like stacy provided some dramaturgical background for me programmatic (laughs) notes um and you know like you pointed out how it like that whole kind of notion that i think joan didion really kind of first put forward in one of her books like was that sort of the the manson family murders at sharon tate and Roman polanski's house were kind of often treated as like the signal of the end of the 60s right that was the death of the 60s happened on that night in august 1968 wait 68 69 wow (laughs) happened on that night in 1969 um uh which actually was just because this was december 1969 but then what i love was that you were saying that really i mean this was the this was the nail in the coffin and it watching that it fully comes through, and it's 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 also I think not just as a as a great well not great but you know it's a very effective and horrifying document of um, the '60s and, and the end of that. It's also really just a document of how innately and yet we don't think about this because we keep up these ideas, the illusion of order or control or being having control over events or things that we we try to make happen as human beings um but it really kind of demonstrates that potentially anytime you get anybody anywhere any mass grouping of people crazy shit is gonna happen and especially like unsupervised and everyone is on drugs
1: on bad drugs on bad drugs and booze all those jugs of cheap wine that people were swelling through the whole thing
0: oh my god
1: and i think this movie does a really good job of the the early when you get full songs like the the this movie starts with a full performance of jumpin jack flash at madison square garden rolling stones like top of their game And you see that like, yeah, the people are pressed up against the stage. And yeah, every once in a while, somebody, usually a girl, will run up on stage to try to get to them. But it's like, but Mick Jagger is in control. Mm -hmm. He's got the crowd exactly where he wants them. And he's doing his chicken dance. They they, love
0: the chicken dance. They love
1: the chicken (laughs) dance and they're eating it up. And then by the end of the movie, where it's like they're performing at Altamont and there is no control whatsoever. No. This is not your show. And it comes out like during the Jefferson Airplane, I think. Oh. When the Hell's Angels are on the microphone. Like this is their show. <laughs> not any of these bands. Like this is the Hell's Angels show.
0: The Hell's Angels on the microphone screaming back at Grace Slick. Yeah. I'm sorry. When Grace Slick is the most rational person <laughs> yeah. in the she area, tried. that's that's when you know you're fucked. And I love Grace Slick, but she's a fucking mess.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. So it's an incredible contrast of just, like, this show, Altamont was out of control before it even started. There was literally nobody in charge. There was nobody in charge of this. Like, it just, it started out, it was supposed to be a free concert in Golden Gate Park. What you don't see in the movie is that it was really the Grateful Dead's show. And they were going to do a bill with the Stones and Jefferson Airplane in Golden Gate Park. And it was envisioned as kind of a festival and there would be like local acts and like all of this kind of stuff. San Francisco mayor at that time was really cracking down on things because the drugs and blah, 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 blah. And so it got moved to Sears Point Raceway, which we see a little bit in this movie. But this movie doesn't tell you what's going on, really.
0: Mm hmm.
1: So you see some negotiations happening with Sears Point. Sears Point originally said, okay, if you do it and it's for charity and any proceeds from the movie go to a Vietnamese orphans fund, then you can do it here at Sears Point. Oh, cool. And they said, okay, then Sears Point figured out that it wasn't going to be for charity. Uh, they the corporation that ran Sears Point was like, if you're going to be making a movie, we want in on the distribution and we want $100,000. Wow. <laughs> um, and Mick Jagger said, no, that's not going to happen. And so they moved this to Altamont. The dude running Altamont was like, you can do it for free at Altamont. I just want the publicity because it was like a piece of shit racetrack out in the middle of nowhere. So they had already started setting up All of the scaffolding and the stage and everything at Sears Point, and they had to helicopter all of it over to Altamont and start setting up about 30 hours before the show began. They started setting everything up. There was no concessions. There was no food and water at Altamont. The only food and water available was what people brought with them. There was a medical tent, which was overwhelmed, obviously, with people on fucking bad acid trips and all the people getting hurt and all of this. The spectators who showed up the night before, because, of course, people are going to show up as early as possible for this kind of thing. It was cold. It was December. And so it It was was like 30
0: degrees.
1: It was like 30 degrees. And so they were tearing things down from neighboring properties and burning things to make like to have bonfires so they could stay warm. So they were burning garbage, and they were burning people's fences, and all of this kind of stuff. (laughs) Oh
0: my god. Um, Were there bathrooms at Ultimat?
1: There were some, as far as I know, but Ultimat did not have the kind of infrastructure that Sears Point had. The biggest crowd that Ultimat had ever seen was like 8,000 people or something.
0: And this was how many? 300,000 even like just think like not even watching the movie just thinking about all of these facts is so stressful
1: <laughs> yeah and mick jagger was like no cops he didn't want any cops because he had had bad experiences with cops back in england at a show all of this so he was very adamant about not having any cops at any of their shows so apparently the hell's angels in san francisco had a tenuous but okay relationship with the local hippie scene and with the local bands like the Grateful Dead and Jefferson Airplane. And they would provide security at shows. And they would all do drugs together and hang out together and it was like everybody knew not to fuck with the Angels, but the hippies just wanted to like do LSD and listen to music. So they were chill and it was cool. Yeah. So somebody suggested they be security for Altamont. The problem, part of the problem with this was this was not in the San Francisco chapter of the Hells Angels jurisdiction. This was a different chapter that is much more raucous and not used to that relationship. And you have a crowd that is not used to that relationship. This stage is four feet high. (laughs) The stage they built at Altamont is four feet high. I mean, you can see it like that's part of what makes this movie so fucking intense is like there's the stage is constantly full of people like the stage at Woodstock was 15 feet high
0: like people are like literally resting their elbows on the stage like the, the, the stone girls that are like right in the front just like staring at Mick they're just like re- like slouching on the stage. And then acting essentially as a ladder, a stair ladder, a step ladder for people to just drunk, naked hippies to just run up on the stage over their shoulders. Yeah, there is no separation between the performers and the audience.
1: Before the show began, before the first band came out, there was literally a piece of twine strung up that was supposed to keep people back from the stage. Oh my fucking god! I'm sorry. I just
0: need to take a moment to breathe and, <laughs> and to to recognize seriously that like as a person that performs and a person that also puts on events, this movie and all of the this I these ideas that we're talking everything are so profoundly I'm in mean, you support so profoundly triggering for me. <laughs> Cause this is like my worst fucking nightmare. I mean it's a nightmare for anybody, but like as someone that puts people in spaces and puts myself in spaces with people, this is everything that could ever go wrong.
1: I mean, I've been to plenty of shows that are in, you know, a club or whatever, and it's like, yeah, you've got your elbows on the stage, and, you know, the stage is low. It's another thing when it's the middle of the field and there's 300,000 people.
0: And every single person is dehydrated, starving peeing on each other and naked and on every kind of bad trip ever
1: (laughs) yeah there was actually like that's that's one thing they catch the conversation in the movie but they there was no context for it somebody wanted to make an announcement that there was bad acid going around and the dude who was kind of like the mc for this whole thing said no i don't want to bum everybody out and make an announcement There was bad acid going around this show. And we see plenty of people having very bad trips during this movie. Oh, yeah. It's just fucking wild. I mean, they should... Honestly, why did they... Why? Yeah. Why do you go into your health class
0: in middle school and they show you like, oh, Johnny and Susie went on the road too late (laughs) at night while drinking and driving. And then you see them dead, you know, splayed all over the traffic But then like, why did they, why did they waste their time showing you that dramatized bullshit? Show, show, give me shelter. Yeah. (laughs) I'm
1: never doing drugs again. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, the Hells Angels are the Hells Angels, but the Hells Angels were also put in this situation where they were supposed to hold off 300,000 people who were dehydrated and hungry and on bad acid. And when their do their job gene was triggered that means beat the shit out of anybody who's coming towards the stage
0: Uh uh-huh they also were paid how stacy five
1: hundred dollars worth of beer
0: which in for inflation was like over three thousand dollars worth of beer
1: yeah so they were also fucked up
0: yeah they're fucking wasted
1: and we see them beat up plenty of people they beat up I mean, they meet, They beat up Marty Ballin from Jefferson Airplane. They oh beat God. him up. Um, one group you don't see perform, but who was there was Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. And uh, in the book, they talk about how there was one Hells Angel just sitting on the stage, and he had like a sharpened cycle spoke. And every time Stephen Stills would walk up to his microphone to sting, the dude would stab him in the leg. What the fuck? Yeah. He just kept stabbing him over and over until he was, like, bleeding through his pants. Um, The beatings started... Santana was the first band to play. They refused to sign releases to be in the film. But the beatings began, like, immediately. And some of the people who ended up getting beat up, you can see in this movie, but you don't see the aftermath. Like, most of the naked people. Yeah. That naked big dude... He got all his teeth knocked out. He got the shit kicked out of him. Oh,
0: he was so happy when you see him in the beginning in daytime.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 no. He got into it with the Hells Angels. The naked woman who was hugging everybody. Yeah. And was horrible. She got the shit kicked out of her. Oh, God. All kinds of, like, managers. Like, just... It was just violence, like, all day.
0: So then, because there's no partition... Between the stage and the audience and no separation, then the Hells Angels say, okay, well, we're going to ride our motorcycles up and create a a barricade of our motorcycles.
1: But don't touch our fucking motorcycles.
0: But don't touch our motorcycles, 300,000 drunk, stone, acid-head people. And that went great.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that went really great. Uh, it just was a fucking disaster from beginning to end. From beginning to end. There's a shot when things are just going crazy when the stones are playing and a fucking dog walks across the stage.
0: Oh, it's really cute, but It was
1: really cute, but it just was such a, like, this is pure chaos. There's a dog walking across the stage.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was very Wild West, Tumbleweed. Yeah. <laughs> Anything can happen. Where did this talk come
1: from? What is going on? And you see the band trying to play in all of this. And it's just, it's madness. It's absolute madness.
0: It just gets worse and worse and worse. The daylight goes away and things get worse and worse and worse. Mick Jagger has to stop doing his chicken dance so many times <laughs> to like... <laughs> earnestly plead with the audience to stop fighting, to stop being fucked up and screaming at each other and beating each other, and just enjoy the music. Sit down, everyone. Just stay seated. Don't stand up. Don't cause any chaos. And it's like, can they get through a single song? (laughs) It feels like...
1: Well, it's like him, and when Grace Slick is like, come on, everybody, don't... People shouldn't be touching each other unless it's with love. And it's like... (laughs) It's so futile, and it's such a, like, it just exemplifies that, like, your peace love hippie shit is over. No one's going to stop and be like, oh, I'm going to hug my fellow man. It's like they're beating them up with pool cues. Yeah. I mean, can you think of
0: a worse, worse situation than 30 Degrees... 300,000 people hell's angels drugs drinking no food or water like what (laughs) like COVID is the only thing you could add in today's (laughs) world to make this more interesting
1: you get a glimpse of the grateful dead in the parking lot and it's actually kind of a funny moment because they're like somebody's telling like oh yeah somebody in the beat up marty ballon and all this and jerry garcia goes oh bummer oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) faithful did didn't even play that's the thing they showed up and they heard what a clusterfuck it was and they were like we actually want no part of this so they fucking turned around and left. See,
0: that was a question i had because i don't uh, does the movie directly address that because it just felt no. like it cut to it cut to jerry garcia saying that like and it was like did they even make it past the parking lot they didn't they left they were smart yeah well so that's the question that is like who do we blame <laughs> We like, we like blaming people, you know, who is responsible for this. And obviously there's so many people responsible, but like.
1: It's not what... easy to just point at any one person for, you know, like. Yeah. The movie makes the Hells Angels the villains. Absolutely. Yeah. They bear the brunt of things. If you really kept whittling away everything down to it, it would be the Rolling Stones and probably just Mick Jagger because the rest of them were like, we don't care. It's Mick Jagger.
0: I mean, that's like I was like the last shot of this movie. I was like, is this is Mick Jagger the villain?
1: (laughs) Yeah, because they show. So
0: they play back every someone gets murdered horribly. They play back the footage from Mick Jagger. He watches and he's like, oh, that's sad or whatever. And he's like, well, I'm going now. (laughs) <laughs> and he yeah. like gets up walks away from the little editing machine and then the the movie just ends on a freeze frame of his face and it's like full like i was surprised they didn't start playing sympathy for the devil because yeah. it's like full just villain <laughs> yeah and there's so many moments where i'm like i'm like but then like could they have even controlled it because there's so many moments where it's like you should just stop playing and leave but like what riot or chaos would have happened if that was what if they had done that so i just i'm like who what who is the who do we
1: blame well i think once it started there was really not much anybody could do and so it's like you don't blame them at that point but it's like the fact that any of this even happened yes it's more it's not like who do we blame for this happening it's more like who do we blame for not preventing this
0: who who put who set up all of these horrible disparate components that allowed this
1: right how did this chain of events happen and when it comes down to it it's mick jagger he wanted money
0: (laughs) who's who's lawyer man that i love (laughs) <laughs> yeah i fucking love this guy the guy that's like the guy's like like oh i gotta be all up on my ass over this and then he's talking to him on the phone and he's like hey don't turn me into a proctologist just tell me what i need to do yeah, <laughs> love this guy. yeah he
1: was great yeah but the, there's another guy with like f- kind of fluffy hair that you see throughout this and all the behind the scenes stuff and he just inserted himself into this scenario and was basically the one who could be closest to running things nobody knew who he was
0: it was that the the fluffy brown hair guy
1: fluffy kind of dirty blonde
0: yeah 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 yeah
1: Yeah, i had no idea he told this he told the rolling when the stones went on tour he insinuated himself into their good graces basically and said oh i i'm from uh i work with car companies and stuff i will get you guys all set up with cars for your entire tour and they said okay and then he said to the car people i work with the rolling stones will you give us cars for this he was signing papers and shit with fake companies nobody knew who he was he wasn't actually on the rolling stones payroll
0: Oh my, he's just a straight up grifter that just worked his way into this.
1: And so basically the Rolling Stones kind of made this all happen, but never signed anything directly. And so they didn't have to bear responsibility directly. But when it was over, they fucking bounced and didn't pay their hotel bills. They didn't pay this bill and that bill. They didn't pay bills until like years later when people brought lawsuits. They just left. Mick Jagger literally had $2 million in cash in a suitcase from the tour. And he bounced off to the south of France. They never got in touch. Meredith Hunter, that's the name of the man who got killed. Yeah. They never got in touch with his family at all to say like to say anything. Or his girlfriend who was there with him. They like didn't want to comment on it. They didn't go to the movie premiere. Mick Jagger wanted they missed the Stones missed out on Woodstock. And so they hired the Mazels to do this film to beat the Woodstock movie to the box office and it really came back to bite them in the ass they wanted to the the stones like weren't cool really and they wanted to glom on to the San Francisco music scene which was like the hot scene in rock and roll and they wanted to be a part of that and they wanted the whole like west coast cachet without understanding the culture at all and so they were like, well, we'll just have Hells Angels. They had Hells Angels. Well, we want Hells Angels. They're doing free concerts in the park. We're doing free concerts in the park. And part of the reason why they decided to do a free concert in the park is because a journalist took them to task over the fact that they were charging more than twice the going rate for concert tickets on their tour. 50 cents? <laughs> they were charging... It was. It's, the number is so ridiculous. It's like, their tickets were $8 or something. Oh, yeah. But, like regular concerts were like four dollars
0: yeah oh it's insane my dad lived in san francisco he lives in the hay ashbury around this time actually and so he would go he saw like janice joplin saw the beatles he see and it was literally like five fucking bucks
1: yeah but the stones were charging twice that and trying to get away with playing for 45 minutes and he was this this journalist ralph gleason he was like You know, you talk about how much you revere, like, black American music, and it influences your music and all of this, and so you have Ike and Tina Turner opening for you. You're paying Ike and Tina Turner a $1,000 while you're taking home $25,000.
0: Are you fucking kidding me?
1: No! The Mick Jagger's a fucking money grubber, man!
0: Okay, because, let's be real, if there is a standout moment in this movie that has nothing to do with this movie, but you're blood turns to ice it's <laughs> tina goddamn turner right when they show her when they show her opening with the other one and she she is like making love to this microphone in the mic stand practically filleting it and like orgasming <laughs> in her performance <laughs> and like it is a masterclass in how to build up and build up, and build up, and then have, like, a cathartic release musically and and, and in performance in front of an audience and make everyone feel it. She, and she got... And she probably didn't even get a cut of that with Ike. <laughs> My God!
1: Yeah. So the answer was like, oh, we're gonna do this free concert. The press conference where Mick Jagger says, oh, we're gonna do the free concert and it's gonna be... We're not quite sure where it's gonna be. The concert was only, like, two days away at that point. This whole thing... Hundreds of thousands of people two days before, they didn't know where it was going to be. It's crazy! So, have the Stones slash Jagger, like,
0: they didn't show up for the premiere for the film. Has Mick Jagger, I, like, reckoned with any of this since? Or talked about, addressed it?
1: Do I really know? don't know. Cause like I really don't know.
0: That's the thing, is, like, this is a Rolling Stones movie documentary. But, I, and I love your point that, like, what is this movie actually about? Because <laughs> it just goes and, s- it addresses so many different things, but it's also, it it, it it definitely indicts Mick Jagger. So I'm like, what, how did they feel about their own movie?
1: <laughs> Pauline Kael said that this was like, this is basically just triumph of the will. This is Like, what? I think she, she misread a lot of it, but I think she was really disturbed by the fact that, I mean, you see somebody get stabbed.
0: Well, it's very racialized violence, too.
1: It literally was racialized violence. They they get into that in the book about how the angels had been glaring at him all day.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, can we talk about Meredith Hunter in this whole, this moment?
1: So, he was there with his girlfriend, a white girl. They were both, like, 18 or 19.
0: Yeah, they're fucking everyone in this movie. They're, they're kids. kids.
1: They're kids. They're children.
0: These are um, it's a bunch of high children.
1: So they were down towards the front, towards the stage, and apparently he was, like, on speed or something. He was definitely drugged up. And he had gotten onto the stage at one point, and he had gotten punched by one of the Hells Angels. And then it was there was a fracas. Eventually he was going for the stage again, it looked like. And, like, they had just... She says that the Hells Angels had been glaring at them... All, like there you don't see a lot of black people in this crowd no <laughs> and hills angels eh, racist you know? yeah i think that's safe to say <laughs> <laughs> you know um and so like especially a black guy with a white girl is gonna raise even more eyebrows than just a black guy you and know I, what mean, I mean think
0: about this is 1970 like it, it's close in time to us but it's also very close in time to like fucking integration
1: so he apparently somebody at that point hit one of the bikes and that was it an angel jumped into the crowd a fight started meredith hunter had a gun he pulled out his gun the angel jumped on him and stabbed him uh and then they all kicked the shit out of him when he was on the ground they stomped on his head they just Mm. obliterated him basically Supposedly, he said to one of them, I wasn't going to shoot anybody. And they said, well, then why did you have the gun? But this all happened. Uh, There was a helicopter backstage, but it was reserved for the Rolling Stones. So they couldn't possibly airlift this man to a hospital.
0: Couldn't possibly.
1: Couldn't possibly. Jefferson Airplane had to, like, basically force their... When they left, they left early because they were like, we need to get the fuck out of here. And so they basically forced the helicopter to take them out otherwise they wouldn't have had a way to get out because they were like once the stones leave on this copter it's not coming back for any of us this is like left
0: for dead yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. you have to get to the copter in time yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah so uh meredith hunter died before the ambulance arrived backstage
0: and you see his girlfriend like losing her mind not not even aware that he's dead yet
1: The kind of narrative of it all became he was going to shoot Mick Jagger. That's what people thought. He pulled out a gun randomly and was going to shoot Mick Jagger. Uh, The cops eventually figured out who did it and got him. And plus they have this film footage. Which was um, used in the trial. Which was used in the trial. But the dude got off.
0: Yeah, because they said the jury saw, I read a little bit about this, the jury, they played the footage just like they play it in slow motion for Mick Jagger. And you see the stab, you see the second stab, you see him go down off, out of frame. Um, I mean, it's obscured by distance and whatever, and we see it in slow motion. But they played that for the jury, and the jury decided, oh, well, this was self-defense on the part of that Hells Angel, and they acquitted him.
1: Because it looks like he just has a gun out for no reason. When it was, he was gonna defend himself
0: but it's also like that that exact narrative is still happening all the time today Mm -hmm. i mean the fact too that there is i and i think this is what as an as a a document of our of that that time that also speaks to where we're at today and how nothing has ever changed ever um but as a document of the time it really also captures that vast disconnect between like the the peace love freedom counterculture the white hippies and the fact that there is still there's still this an emerging civil rights movement and, and horrific violence still being committed and happening to black people and that like intersectionality is not a concept that has e- exist yet <laughs> like
1: no um, no.
0: and what I love in this film too I mean I don't love it but I, I think it's really smart on the part of the filmmakers and it's really important to add to this document but that you have there there's that sequence when in I, I called it like the burnout section but when all the burnouts start showing up to the ultimate and uh, you're just seeing everybody like settling in, bringing their dogs to go wander on stage, get it like everyone's their drugs are kicking in. And then there's this white woman walking around in the audience and she's collecting money for the Panther defense fund. And she's telling people like, oh no, you know, they're just, they just think, oh, well they're just Negroes to just kill them. And so she's like, so she's raising money to help defend the Panthers. And it's like actually kind of incredible to see that happening And to see that there are people that are aware of the problem. But then at the end of the day, at this, you know, peace, love, it's still the 60s man concert, of the four deaths, the only murder, like, straight up direct murder, is, of course, Hells Angels versus a black man. And it's just, it's so upsetting.
1: You know, Altamont didn't come out of nowhere. How wild?
0: I mean, you think about everything that's happened in just the last... Th- the last, well, literally three years here, or the last three to six years here, you know? in, our, in here being our time. <laughs> um, And how twisted it's all been. And you feel like, oh, has there ever been a time where so much bonker shit has happened all at once in such a short amount of time? But it's like, man, look at 67, 68, and 69. Summer of Love followed by... Uh, the dawn of the civil rights movement multiple civil rights movements and so much strife and chaos in vietnam and the 1969 just murder (laughs) murder and just the acid wave absolutely crests and everyone everyone drowns in it
1: and even maybe your dad could speak to it because he was in that area but it's like part of the shift was just the drug scene shifted and it's like people used to do lsd to like have a you know a higher plane of existence and awareness and get in touch and like listen music and yeah but it's like people and then it turned into something people wanted to make money off of how are you gonna make money off of things you're gonna make it for cheaper you're gonna use different ingredients you're gonna do all this and so it's like it wasn't so much like just pot and lsd that were on the streets it was meth and speed and all of these things that
0: and bad acid
1: and bad acid that make a different kind of user. hmm It must have been really something if you were into the hippie scene and to just watch it all fall apart so quickly. Based
0: on my dad's stories, I don't know that he knows what it was like then either <laughs> because he, <laughs> yeah. was, he was living it. Yeah. Uh, it It's just absolutely wild. I mean, even looking back a couple years before that, like 65, I think, was it 64 when Joan Didion went down and wrote... Um, Oh, uh, what was it? Slumping Towards Bethlehem? Bethlehem? Slouching
1: Towards Bethlehem? Yeah.
0: Slouching Towards... I always get confused because in, the, in one of my pieces I parodied the title and it, I think I made it Slumping Towards Babylon. <laughs> yeah, Slouching Towards Bethlehem, right? Yeah. Um, And she talks about that. She talks about, uh, you know, just hanging out with all these acid heads and then she finds a fucking four or five year old on acid.
1: Jesus Christ. And it's
0: so goddamn nuts. Or another great document of this time for anyone that's a reader... I actually highly recommend, high, high, highly recommend, um, Text just put out a new edition of cookie Mueller's walking through, walking through clear water in a pool painted black. And this, I mean, cookie Mueller dream, the dreamland player, legend, artist, queen, one of, I honestly think one of the most important queer ancestors of recent times ever. Um, just absolute stunning queen, an incredible writer uh, this co- this collection has all basically everything she's ever written and it's it just got released and it's it's an absolutely incredible text um but it collects one of my very favorite stories of hers which is Hyde Ashbury San Francisco 1965 I think and it it's just in one day she's hanging on the hate height hate. hate. <laughs> Hey, thank you i've been mispronouncing everything and viewers listeners love to remind me um i know things i just don't know how to say them so she's been hanging on the hate and in one day she does peyote she ends up she gets into a van for a ride and the manson girl it's there the manson's van She gets out of the van. She goes. She ends up at, like, a Satanist's um, summoning ritual in, like, Golden Gate Park. And he, like, summons a demon. She escapes from him. She goes to, like, a Grateful Dead show. She, like, just everything that you could ever imagine happening to a person in the span of their life happens to her in one day while she's on like, acid (laughs) peyote and weed. And it's just, like, that was how wild it was. And then that... left unsupervised <laughs> combined with the dawning of all of these civil rights movements and the awareness of like the, the fact that we really need to change things and that the system must be shifted. <laughs> and then monetization, capitalism, the, the bad drugs, just everything falling spectacular, so spectacularly apart so quickly. is just unreal.
1: Uh, it makes, it makes me look at, some of the current shit that's going on and just think like, well, of course. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I don't, I don't, I mean, but that's the thing is it's like somebody posted on Twitter the other day and I actually loved this, but they were like, oh, I, I like reality TV because it reminds me that anytime you put more than one person in a room, there's going to be conflict.
1: And I was like, oh, that's
0: very true. But like, it's so easy to spiral out and to think like nothing has ever been this bad ever, but literally look at any time in history. <laughs> And it's just human the thing we are capable of incredible things and we are also just as equally capable and sometimes more likely to to make awful things happen constantly and it's, it's a little exhausting but we're consistent
1: uh, well that's true um, it's interesting the book talks a little bit about like what was the kind of fallout for the groups after this yeah like not legally, but necessarily, but artistically, what did they do? Like the Grateful Dead kind of doubled down on their ethos and philosophy, which was like, we don't care about money. We didn't want money. This has never been about money. We just want to make music. And so they really just kind of got into their own sound and made people for made music for their fans. and obviously have been super successful, <laughs> you know yeah. But they just kind of did their thing, never appeared on a bill with the stones again. Um, just kind of wanted nothing to do with them. Wow. Most of the other groups fell apart. Like, the airplane fell apart. And, you know, members came and went. And the next well, day... Starship. Don't write but off then Starship. A, I will write off Starship. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. God, the 80s just... Violence violence against classic rock bands.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Right? <laughs> I mean, bless them for they like they all had hits, like radio hits, and we're, like bless them for being able to remain relevant in all of this, but it's like, yay. Yeah. Like what was what would Janis Joplin have been doing in the 80s? Don't even <laughs> don't even
0: <laughs> suggest. <laughs>
1: Ah, boy. But it's interesting, like, the Stones, I don't, I honestly don't know if they've ever addressed it. They probably haven't, except in a, like, a really kind of passing, like, yeah, that was a really bad time, huh? But they were really never the same after this musically. They were never as pure or innocent or whatever you want to call it. It's like it's one thing to sing about, I'm the devil, and sing about street fighting, man, and all of this, and then to have the shit that happened to them happen right in front of yeah. their faces. And it's like, Mick Jagger, you're like a boarding school, upper middle class British boy. Yeah, yeah. He's a little, he's a fancy lad. He's a little fancy, foppish lad. <laughs> with your scarves and your chicken dance, <laughs> and your tight pants. Yeah. And it's like they kind of played at this thing and dabbled in it and made some fucking great music but then after that it's like they just basically became a corporation and you know made their hundreds of millions of dollars probably that they wanted but it's like they were never the same after this
0: no i just can't get that last image of him out of my head it's really haunting just his that face just frozen in front of you
1: Oof. Yeah. Apparently, apparently it was Charlotte Zwerin who worked with the Maisels. Um She didn't have anything to do with any of the concert footage or any of that. But filming their reactions, filming them watching the movie was her idea. Oh, really? Yeah. So
0: that's brilliant.
1: Um, and so they filmed the Stones. They were going to film the Angels. But when the Angels showed up, they didn't want their reactions filmed and everything. So they locked everybody in a closet. While they watched the movie and partied and made fun of it, <laughs> and then I forget—I think it's fucking Hell's Angel. And then I think David Mazel's when he came out of the came out of the closet when he was let out of the closet. <laughs> uh, he apparently tried to—I don't know if he tried to make a joke or what—but he said like, "Yeah, the the death is going to be really great for the movie" or something like that, and they punched him in the face.
0: Wow. Yeah. I read something somewhere about uh after this I guess the Hell's Angels like there were some rumors or something that they were like plotting to assassinate Mick Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> after this I was like, well that's exciting.
1: I think they kind of even fell apart to some extent like they got I mean cuz they were like the bad guys, you know what I yeah. mean? And they were, but it's like I think the law really cracked down on them and their relationship with the San Francisco music scene obviously was never repaired. Yeah. Or anything like that. So.
0: Yeah, nobody nobody comes out of this film looking good except Tina Turner, uh Jefferson Airplane, and Jerry Garcia.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um so I thought I know George Lucas was doing the camera for one of this and i know you said that like on wikipedia or something it says that none of his footage made it in but it did oh it did it was one of the final shots where the people are like stumbling out of altamont oh really yeah
0: why did it say yeah it said his camera jammed and then none of this footage got used. they had
1: they were using he and the other cameraman that was working with him they were using some experimental like thousand millimeter lens or some like some unwieldy piece of nightmare equipment of course George he was. Lucas yeah he was like, oh I'm trying out this new camera yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but they couldn't get it to work and then they finally got it to work like when it was over oh wow but it's shot did make it into the movie oh
0: wow look at that yeah. little yeah filmmaker get finding a break
1: yeah talking about like what is this movie etc etc it's also so weird that like I've noticed it's a little bit been a trend lately, I feel, where documentary filmmakers insinuate themselves into the story. Mm -hmm. That feels like it's happening more and more versus just, like, having the sense of removal. But I think that happened with this by happenstance. This movie is entwined with what they were filming inextricably linked. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, like the movie and its subject matter, it's just a strange phenomenon and hadn't really been seen all that much before this.
0: Well, and that's why it, that's why all the editing room scenes really work. Like, it, it, I mean, one you get to see the Stones being confronted with, well, Mick Jagger <laughs> being confronted with what they've allowed to happen and the the act of editing and all that. It, uh, but yeah, the movie is about itself, right? It's it's really interesting that it is. It's it's pointing a mirror at the end of the 60s but it's also pointing a mirror at itself and the, the fact that it's a rolling stone it 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 uh, for the longest time before i knew anything about it, i just thought it was a rolling stones concert documentary and that it is that but it's also about the concert documentary <laughs> and, and implicating itself also as s- indicting itself it's so weird those mazel's
1: and it's wild how they were so into like there's the shot of I don't know which Mazel it is, but when that fucking drugged out dude is in front of him and like fucking with him and takes his glasses and Uh-huh. And that. Or like there's a shot pretty late in the film, I'm sure you remember it, where the camera is just focused on that guy who's fucking
0: <gasps> his his like demon possessed.
1: Yeah. Right? That was filmed by Joan Churchill, camerawoman named Joan Churchill who had been under under the stage all day to that point because she had been dosed with the bad acid.
0: Oh my god!
1: Yeah. And so she was literally underneath the stage all day long, emerged when she was finally feeling well enough, and got that fucking shot.
0: I mean, that's one of the scariest shots.
1: Oh, it's insane.
0: Because you just don't know what is happening or what's going on. I, I, I thought he was one of the angels at first, until the angels, like, suddenly... Realize that this guy is just there being fucking crazy next to them, and then they throw him off a of stage. But it's just this man. It's like, it's like watching some like he's he's either like on the verge of throwing up or killing somebody, <laughs> and you can't read the emotions on his face of what's happening. But it's just this long lingering shot of that, and it's like that kind of thing. The filmmaking is incredible here. Um, that that these these shots that are thrown in there, but even. There's something that they do with the film, and I'm trying to figure out what it is, because I don't know what trick they did, but I'm aware there's something happening in this movie, like, at that kind of halfway... Once you get to Altamont, and you see everyone descending upon the site, something shifts. I don't know if it's, like, the audio levels you're here like, if they're turning up the ambient sound of the crowd, or what, but there's some kind of disconnect... That for me, like sonically or visually, something was different that made it even more unsettling. Like you're hearing the music, but the uh, the levels of the audience are also turned up. So you're hearing like the rumblings of ill <laughs> ill omens in the crowd. I don't know what it or it's like. Real, it'll go really quiet, and you'll just see these long shots of these people.
1: God, the shots of just like people climbing the scaffolding. Oh. <gasps> And it's just so unsettling and unnerving and intense. Yeah, it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Literally like
0: watching this and then going to put on queer horror the next night. I was just so unnerved. (laughs) It's so scary. Like, But I mean, yes, there are so many different things, different circumstances that led to how all this went down the way it did. But... To think that, like, at our core, we are messy and we trust in the goodness of each other to not, you know, we, we trust in order and goodness in each other.
1: It's amazing that when people go to the bank and there's a line, people just get in line. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. there's like there's a, an unspoken social code. And when that is obliterated, you realize how tenuous it all is. Every single day. Yeah. We just have these systems of social order that keep everything in line. But then you look at Altamont and you realize that it's just a piece of twine.
0: Exactly.
1: You know, and it could all go to heck so quickly.
0: That's exactly where it goes. It's like your Illuminati money that says, in God we trust. (laughs) It's literally, it's just, we, it was just, all of this is just in good faith.
1: Entwine, we trust. Entwine, we trust. And that is terrifying.
0: This movie's intense.
1: Yeah, right?
0: It's real good. I'm really, I'm glad we watched it. It's super fucked up. But a really, I mean, honestly, a really important document of the time, and as someone that really uh, is taken by the 60s and the sort of saga of the 60s, I'm shocked that I have never seen this, and now I'm really, I feel very, that much more informed to have seen
1: this. Well, that was part, I was like, I didn't know if you like the Rolling Stones and all so it. So I don't know why I had to keep like, let's do Give Me Shelter. And you're like, okay. And I'm like, well, I think you're going to, as someone who you're really interested in this, I think you'll like it. And I think it, you'll like this. And, and you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I said we could do it.
0: <laughs> but then, I mean, it was a different story the first like 30 minutes of this movie where I'm like,
1: Stacy just wants to listen to Jumpin' e- Jack Flash. E- 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 I do love it. <laughs> Right. Well, when it's billed as a concert documentary or whatever about the Rolling Stones, I'm like I felt I had to make my case for including this. No, any, I'm glad anywhere you did. near this show. So,
0: yeah. But if you honestly, if you hadn't set up that shit goes bad, I mean, I might I might be in a hyperbaric chamber right now <laughs> yeah. just trying to recover cuz at least I knew that something was going to go bad and then the, the slow act of going completely fetal and covering myself in a blanket, wide-eyed, unable to look away from the television, it might have been too much.
1: It's a doozy. It's
0: a lot. You see someone get killed in this movie. And... Or what led to that. And it's, um... It's really a lot. But it, I think it's it's worth watching. It's worth enduring.
1: Yes. I agree.
0: And let's... You get that Tina Turner performance. Wow. Give Me Shelter. What a good pick. Thanks for choosing it.
1: Yay! I love non-horror, horror-adjacent, week, month, week. It's so
0: upsetting, not just because the title is so unruly, but also because these movies truly are so much more horrific than anything we've watched (laughs) in so long.
1: It's true. Because, like,
0: that's the thing, is horror is a place of comfort for me. I like watching horror movies. I like the act of getting... on I went and I saw Maniac the other night on 35 millimeter, and I loved it. And there's so many sequences where I was like, ooh, 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 you know? <laughs> I get so freaked out, and I'm like, no, nurse, run. Oh, no, she's a nurse. That means she's going to die, first off. Second off, like, stay quiet, nurse. And I get so, so freaked out. But, like... I still know I'm watching a horror movie and there's still tropes and things that I can just fall into. And, like, you know, it's like you derive a weird kind of just comfort from it. It's a, There's a familiarity of horror that's comforting, I think, as a horror viewer.
1: Yeah, I think that ties into what I mentioned last week, which is, like, you have expectations. And so yes. it's like, you know that eventually she's either going to get killed or she's going to get away. Yes. Gimme Shelter, 300,000 people... what's gonna happen you have no idea but you feel so in like tense over it
0: and it's real life so upsetting (laughs) so between this i i mean parasite i already see but between this and martha marcy may marlene like i am i'm a candidate for a pacemaker now thanks to these film selections um wow uh stacy with all of this said are you ready to uh step away from the twine step over the twine And then approach the platform and place your head on the chopping block.
1: I go through the twine, my friend. No clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Through the twine, hugging everybody I see.
0: But also crying at the same time. Also
1: crying. Man, that shot of that girl just crying. (sighs) Man, you guys got to see Gibby Shelter.
0: What was that? That so captures it because she's crying. That's actually, I'm glad you brought that. That's a really important shot. Yeah. Because it's. You don't know why she's crying, but she's still bopping her head with the music.
1: She could be like me and crying because she just cries when she's excited. But she looks upset.
0: She looks upset. And she looks unsettled. But she's still jamming to the music. It's so upsetting.
1: (sighs) Yes. Chopping block.
0: (laughs) Um, The block. The chopping block, as it were. It's our question-and-answer game show here on Gaylords of Darkness. We present each other with three categories of horror movie trivia. And we choose our one category to answer questions from, and then we are given five different questions. We have ten seconds to answer each single question, unless one time one of us calls out, I want the wig, then, um, when you do that, uh, um, mm, no, we don't want a Hells Angel any <laughs> wig of any kind. No Hells Angels hair. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 you know what? You know what? Let's go with a classic. Keep it old school. Jamie Lee Curtis's wig from the 1981 uh. film Halloween two magically descends upon your head confuses our non-binary executioner the heads they and earns you an additional 10 seconds just to answer that one question um uh uh unless you're stacy who has karen huger's unreliable wig which gives mm. you a x amount of time but i also have moon bangs now
1: people that's right so, so this is really 10 exciting. extra seconds
0: so we have we have arcane relics to help us along the way yeah. <laughs> um if you get anything wrong, that's it. You're done. But if you get all of your questions right, congratulations. You you look great.
1: Yay.
0: You look great, and everyone knows that.
1: Yeah. Uh, I believe I answered second last time.
0: So that means you're answering first that this time. That means I
1: answer first this time, yeah.
0: Well, that means I am presenting you with three old categories, Stacy. Yay, I knew it! Yeah, let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? One day you're going to get new categories, but that day is not today.
1: Oh, I'm not upset about it.
0: Okay, it's, we're good. We're still
1: having a fire sale. so We're
0: having a fire sale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god the flames so your first returning category is also known as these are horror films that were released with alternate titles at times so i give you the alternate title the year and a keyword for the movie so if i said communion 1976 and yellow raincoat you would say
1: Alice, sweet Alice. <laughs> and you
0: have to answer it like that throughout the entire oh, game okay. Okay. Or you lose. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's also known as your next returning category is Which Which Is Which Once More. Uh, this you just name the witch or the movie about the witches.
1: Hmm. It's
0: about witches. We love witches. And your third returning category is Name That Troon. It's not my best title. These are horror movies based on true events. So I touch on the true story and you tell me the movie.
1: Ah. That makes sense? Yeah.
0: Your categories are also known as Which Which is Which once more or Name That Troon.
1: I can't those last two titles. I can't. I don't want to hear I don't want to hear that huh. <laughs> yeah I don't like that and uh, that last one I can't bring myself to say it so I guess I'm gonna go for the first one the also known as
0: also known as okay so I just like I said I give you the title of the year and well the alternate title of the year and the keyword yeah um usually it's just like one word or a couple words that hint at what happens in the film okay okay also known as number one here we go full circle 1977. Apple. The whole thing of Julia. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. And thank you for honoring the judge's request. (laughs) I'm really happy to hear this.
1: (laughs) Well, I was told I have to.
0: (laughs) Now, this number two is really hard, Um, (laughs) as number twos often are. Uh, Number two The Slumber Party Murders, 1982, Space Babe.
1: The Slumber party massacre.
0: <laughs> ding ding. It's ding. getting a
1: little jam gum. <laughs> it's oh, <yeah. laughs> it's, get, it's starting to get there. Let's see how
0: far he evolves. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. Nightmare at Shadow Woods, 1987. Operator.
1: <laughs> my voice is hard to do but i'm laughing <laughs> is
0: jovial jovial santa Jane yeah. gum
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay i wouldn't have gotten that one without the key word i don't think
0: it's hard. It's yeah. hard. I could have also given you the alternate alternate title, which was Slasher.
1: Whoa, very descriptive.
0: I know. Can you imagine that?
1: <laughs> but you need you need the operator. Yeah. It's an emergency. A real, a real emergency. Real emergency. <laughs> what a fucking queen.
0: Uh okay, number four. Look at you. Oh You're coming a long way, baby. Uh number four. UFO abduction. Nineteen eighty-nine birthday with grandma.
1: Oh did the the piercing deep
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ding 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 It is that it is that title of that film I'm never gonna think of it the same way ever again. Nope. Oh okay. Alright, Jame. Prepare (laughs) for number five. This one this one could be tricky, but we'll see. Number five for all the big money. The lamp. 1988.
1: Evil Gin. Yeah, yeah. Yes! Uh ooh, ooh, the outing
0: One. Congratulations. But I'm still working my head around the pronunciations <laughs> happening today. What's wrong
1: with that? <laughs> oh, Good cause job. Because I mean to just, you know, answer and then I remember the rule. But hearing hearing the voice changer
0: in real time.
1: <laughs> yeah well done oh thank you i won yay those were some of those were hard the key without the keywords i would have been dead on probably number two number you really three. do need them yeah yeah
0: but well done
1: oh thanks
0: that was- <laughs> thank you, Jame, for the cameo appearance <laughs> as
1: well. <laughs> <laughs> I love
0: this—Stacy <laughs> devolving turns into Jacob. <laughs>
1: oh well, oh. no one's surprised.
0: Also, while I remember this because I didn't—I have no idea how to contact contact this person because they gave it to me anonymously. I would like to thank whoever came to my queer horror birthday show. And let, uh, uh, I got a present that just said, from a Gaylord's listener, and it was a packet of Jame gum, but it was actually just gum, <laughs> and it was Silas <laughs> Lamb themed gum, and I have never cherished anything more, so thank you very much, dear listener. That's you,
1: you, nice.
0: You have a, you are a light in our heart place.
1: All right, well, time to place your head on that <gasps> fresh, clean chopping block,
0: Oh, look at it. It's just so sparkling.
1: Yeah. Uh, You have three old categories to choose from. Thank you. Obviously. Category one is Screaming Blanket Hams. (laughs) This is all about uh, horror movie babies or that kind of center around babies. Oh. Or have a baby in them or something. Okay. That's different. That's very different. (laughs) (laughs) Or censoring out babies or technically have a baby. (laughs) You'll figure it out. Okay. Uh Uh, category two is the jerk store. In this one, I give you a line of dialogue from a famous horror movie jerk. mm. You tell me the name of the jerk pretty famous jerks and category three fancy a massacre
0: governor
1: (laughs) (laughs) in this category you have 10 seconds i mean no you have 50 seconds 60 if you ask for the wig 70 if you ask for those bangs to give me five movies that have the word massacre in the title no remakes no reboots, no sequels. So, screaming blanket hams, the jerk store, <laughs> fancy a massacre governor?
0: <laughs> oh well, well my, you know, I just got all tangled up in my petticoat, so I'm gonna have to go with. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna endure, even though I'm already candidate for a pacemaker. I'm going to endure trying to do the massacre governor.
1: Okay. It's Please. such a long time for only 5 movies. I think you can do it.
0: Oh god. I can't do any sequels. Re- okay. 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 Okay.
1: No remakes, no reboots, no sequels, no requels. Fuck that Nothing. word.
0: I'm so sick of that word. Why did they have to make that up in 5 Cream? It's so s- Oh, just stop it now.
1: Okay, here we go. Right. The clock oh. starts now.
0: Okay, I want the wig. Um I uh will Texas chainsaw massacre, nail gun massacre. Ding ding. Um um microwave massacre. Ding ding. Um oh. Oh, oh, oh. Massacre, 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 massacre. murder massacre, murder house massacre, massacre Mass- massacre, Texas shopping mall massacre, um, mall madness, massacre, massacre, mass. No, there's more <laughs> massacres. No, I said Nailgun, I said Texas chainsaw massacre, and then there's a microwave massacre, and then there's, um, slumber party massacre,
1: ding ding ding, and so a sorority house massacre. Yes, ding ding ding. Oh, oh, oh. Thirteen seconds left on the clock. Oh, whoa. What a nail-bite-er. Nail- bite hair. nail nail bite massacre. Oh my god. I had this urge to slap you on the back of the head when you just kept saying massacre. I thought you were stuck. <laughs> I was! I was- I'll just die if I don't have that recipe. I'll die <laughs> if I don't have that recipe. Yeah, I was like, uh-oh. Something happened in the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I haven't done one of those in so long! What? The thing! the name the number of movies oh yeah you always whip out of them good for you and this time i meant to say this time you actually won also i have been so lenient these last two weeks and i was gonna say no more leniency you didn't even actually won This time you actually won. Congratulations. Thank you. I
0: didn't even actually need that wig. I mean, I would have been three seconds away had I not asked for it. But Yeah.
1: But you still got your bangs, so. Wow,
0: I got my bangs. I still have my bangs. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what matters. Mm Mm-hmm. And I won. I'm going to put the tiara next to my, over my bangs. Is there a tiara? Do I get a tiara?
1: Careful putting those bangs on, because you can't take them off. They will disintegrate, and you won't be able to use them. They're not That's to be tr- played with. I
0: can't wear them as this fashion piece. No. With great bangs come great responsibility.
1: That's right. Yay, we both won. Boy, I'm winning all around today. First, the Illuminati wants me. <laughs> then I win the chopper fly. Wait till I tell them about this.
0: You're going to go back to the Illuminati headquarters and say you guys.
1: <laughs> you guys, guess what happened today? <laughs> Won the topic block, and they were like, "Of course you did. You're in the Illuminati." <laughs> and then
0: Beyonce does the pyramid symbol. At you. Yeah,
1: and I'm like, but then I will doubt that I actually won. I'll think it's some Illuminati behind the scenes manipulating things. So,
0: oh, they set it up to because Illuminati you can't lose.
1: That's right. Oh wow. So wow. maybe I won't tell them, and I'll just keep this to myself. They already wow. know. Anyway, (laughs) well, I guess we'll find out next week how it, how it went. If I'm back, if I'm not back, Godspeed to all of you. Uh, Keep an eye out for signs from me.
0: Oh, not the Mel Gibson movie.
1: No. I mean, if you want to, that's your business. Yeah. But otherwise, uh, you can find out all about us at GaylordsOfDarkness.com. Thanks to everybody who subscribes to the show. Some people do it with money. if that if they feel like it? And that's I love really nice. that. And that's really really nice. <clears throat> or just everybody who subscribes anyway. That's really nice too.
0: Yeah, just like all y'all people that are going on our our shoppe on our website and buying beautiful briefcase woman stickers. It just makes yes. me so happy. Thank you for your support. I'm always yes. so happy to put little tiny briefcase women in packages and send them to people all over. Uh, this continent. Well, just just this country (laughs) within our borders. Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: real nice. Um, So, otherwise... Okay, well, goodbye. Oh. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative.
0: I know, right? Uh Is it over?
1: It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm going to guess yes. Ah, Oh, oh my my God. God. Oh, Oh my God. God. Tune in next
0: time for more Gaylord. (laughs)
1: No, <laughs>